Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today, we're going to go over your AEW Dynamite review. Um, starting off tonight, we have Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Natural Nightmares in an AEW Tag Team Championship match. Uh, this match was phenomenal, man, from all teams. Uh, starting off the match, Omega's hitting devastating chops on Dustin. Omega then hits a Hurricane Rana on Dustin in the middle of the ring. Dustin then returns, hits a Hurricane Rana on Omega. Hangman then hits a devastating chops on uh, QT Marshall. Then QT gets up, hits a drop kick on Hangman. Dustin then hits a backdrop on Omega. And then Britt, uh, Britt Baker's in the match. Not in the match, but she's outside on her golf cart. She's sending, like, messages to Tony Schiavone through, like, this uh, wire thing. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, but Omega then hits a guitar crusher on Dustin in the middle of the ring. Hangman then hits a devastating clothesline on QT Marshall. Omega then hits a moonsault off the uh, top rope on QT. QT then hits a uh, springboard enziguri on Hangman. Dustin then hits a power slam on Omega. Dustin then hits like a uh, whisper in the wind on uh, Hangman and Omega off the top rope. Omega then hits a snapdragon suplex on QT. And then Dustin hits a Canadian destroyer. And then Omega gets the finish and pins for the three. And your winners of the match and still AEW Tag Team Champions, Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Page. Uh, this was a great match between both teams. Like I said, man, this they brought it. And I don't know what it is. I guess maybe Dustin found like the Fountain of Youth or something like that. But it seems like he has a whole new resurgence in his in-ring, uh, in his in-ring career, man. It is The stuff he's doing for AEW is phenomenal, man. Him pulling off Canadian Destroyers. you never seen him do that in WWE. Um, it, I think it's great. I really do. I think it's phenomenal what he's doing for AEW and – the man could still go, man. I, he's, he could probably have another five years in wrestling, man, and I, I think it's phenomenal. It was a great match from both teams. Um, the next match after that, we have Anna Jay making her AEW Dynamite, uh, you know, her first match, if you will, in AEW versus Abaddon. Um, I don't know much about either one of these ladies. Um, I know they have played a, uh, like a promo package for Anna Jay. Um, pretty much kind of highlighting who she was and, you know, that she was, it seemed like she was going to get a push. Um, but all in all, this match was kind of sloppy from both, um, female competitors in this match. Um, Abaddon ends up getting the win. Um, you know, after the match though, Anna Jay is getting helped by the Dark Order. So maybe the Dark Order and Brody Lee is trying to recruit Anna Jay to join the Dark Order. Um, I know Brody Lee had handed a um, envelope to Cole Cabana, who was on the outside, like in the audience, um, guessing to join the Dark Order. Um, the only thing I'm going to say about this match, and I'll probably go over it probably after when the podcast is towards the end. Um, I didn't understand the fact that they played this promo package for Anna Jay. I got to me, I figured they were going to hype her up to, to be the next, you know top dog, if you will, in the female division, but obviously that was not the case. The Abaddon girl, I have no idea where she came from. Um, I do not get the gimmick at all. Um, I think it's kind of brutal, to be honest with you. I mean, she had like a red eye and like a black eye, and like, it was just, it was bad, man. It, it just really was, and it was sloppiness in the ring from both female competitors, man. It's, I don't know where the hell they found this girl, but my God, I, she needs some work. There's a lot of ring rust, a lot. Um, after that match, we go into our next match, which is which is Billy Gunn versus MJF. Um, the reason why we're having this match is because last week uh, Billy Gunn was having an interview segment and was really interrupted by MJF and pretty much set up a match between Billy Gunn and MJF now. So 
this is why this match is taking place. Uh, starting off the match, though, um, MJF's pretty much attacking Billy Gunn's uh, leg throughout the entire match. Warlow ends up attacking uh, Billy Gunn on the outside. He slams his leg into the ring post. Uh, MJF then hits a cab crusher on uh, Billy Gunn. Gunn then gets up, hits a famisher on MJF. Then MJF hits Gunn uh, with the uh, ring that he received. Uh, MJF gets the win, pins Billy Gunn for the three. But after the match, though, MJF and Wardlow attack Jurassic Express, and an entire fight breaks out. I, I don't even know who was involved in the match. I've seen refer- referees flipping over the damn uh, the ropes. It, it was just chaotic, man. It really was crazy. So it looks like, you know, they're going to be setting up more stuff between Wardlow, MJF, and Jurassic Express. Um, so after that, we go into our, I guess, next little segment, if you will. It is um, Britt Baker. She's on the golf cart, and she's wanting to leave. Um but I know she's been having problems with Big Swole for the past couple of weeks. So uh, instead of Reba driving the golf cart, it was actually Big Swole that was in the driver's seat. And she ended up taking off with uh, Britt Baker in the back. So that was hilarious. Um, definitely going to see the story unfold here soon. I can definitely see uh, Baker and Swole having a match sometime soon once uh, Baker comes back from her injury. Um, after that segment, we go into our next match of the night. It is Cody defending his TNT championship against a mystery opponent. Um, the opponent was not named at all. Uh, it was rumored that it was not going to be um, anybody from the AEW roster, and it was. Um, Cody ended up defending his belt against Ricky Starks. Uh, if you guys don't know who Ricky Starks is, Ricky Starks was in NWA Power. Um, he was the first ever television champion like a month and a half ago or a month ago. Um According to him, he's a free agent, um, and it looks like AEW is going to sign him. I mean, when he debuted, I was completely blown away um, because I know what kind of talent level that he has. I mean, obviously, he was a little sloppy in this match, but he does have talent, um, and it, it, it blew me away, man. It shocked me um, that they they even gave him, like, the you know, the opportunity to show up on AEW, on TNT, no less, and have a match with Cody. So it was great. And, and my hat's off to Tony Khan and Cody for even giving, giving them the opportunity to wrestle for AEW Dynamite. Uh, but starting off the match, Cody and Ricky are exchanging in the ring. Cody hits a top uh, top rope move on Ricky on the outside. Or a tope, I'm sorry, not top rope. A tope on uh, Ricky on the outside. R- Ricky then hits a springboard tornado DDT in the middle of the ring. Cody then hits a power slam on Ricky. Ricky then gets up, hits a superplex on Cody off the top rope. Ricky then hits a devastating spear in the middle of the ring. But then Cody ends up capitalizing off the spear, gets up, hits the crossroads on Ricky Starks, and pins Ricky for the three, and your winner of the match, and still TNT champion Cody Rhodes. Um, this was a great match. I I, I, don't, I wouldn't say oh I wouldn't say great, but this was a good showing from Cody and from Ricky Starks, especially kind of making his little AEW Dynamite uh, debut. <clears throat> um, it was good. I, I really appreciate the fact that they can see talent. Uh, obviously, Ricky Starks is really young, and he has a lot to learn still, but he's a phenomenal talent. I think, you know, once he gets the opportunity to wrestle more, um, I, I think, you, you know, you're going to be able to see his craft because I think he's a good wrestler. I mean, I think he has time to build and time to build his foundation on who he wants to be as a wrestler and build his craft. So, like I said, I appreciate Tony Khan and Cody and, you know, Omega and the Bucks giving this guy an opportunity. They obviously seen the talent level that he can bring to the table. So I appreciate that as a fan. Um, after that match between Cody and Ricky Starks, we go into a tag team match. It is Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc versus the Young Bucks. Uh, starting off the match, um, Nick hits a springboard leg drop on Havoc. Young Bucks are showing great tag team work throughout this entire match. Uh, Butcher and Blade end up distracting. 
the referee, and then Havoc ends up hitting Matt Jackson with like a uh, wet floor sign, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, FTR do arrive. Matt Jackson hits a uh, power bomb on Sabian off the top rope, and uh, Nick gets uh, hits a springboard crossbody on Havoc on the outside. Absolutely fucking fantastic with him doing that. Uh, Ford then hits Nick Jackson with a sign, same sign that Havoc hit Matt Jackson with. Uh, the Matt Jackson then hits a Northern Lights suplex on Jimmy Havoc in the middle of the ring. The Young Bucks hit a risky business. And then uh, Sabin uh, hits a uh, coup de grace on Matt Jackson off the top rope. Matt Jackson then hits a Northern Lights suplex on both Sabian and Havoc in the middle of the ring. Uh, then the Young Bucks hit the finish and obviously pin for the three. And your winners of the match are the Young Bucks. But after the match, though, Butcher and Blade end up attacking the Young Bucks. FTR gets involved, they attack Butcher and Blade. And then FTR ends up hitting the uh, Goodnight Express on uh, the butcher and the blades uh, it, it was it was a good it was a good match for both teams it really was and i mean they both brought it uh i think jimmy havoc and kip Saban's a good tag team together obviously the young bucks i mean if you don't know who the young bucks are man they're probably the best tag team of all time right now um and they're the, probably the best thing going as far as tag team wrestling um so it was a great match from both teams it really was and i look forward to seeing who the, uh you know the bucks are going to challenge next um after the match though it is advertised for next week um, after the brawl that broke out earlier between MJF and Morlow and Jurassic Express, it is announced for next week, Wednesday night at 8 on Dynamite TNT. It's going to be Luchasaurus versus Wardlow in a Lumberjack match. And as well as next week, we have FTR versus the Natural Nightmares, which consists of Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. It's going to be two good matches next week. Um, after that, we go into pretty much our main event. It is uh, the Best Friends versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Um the match was good. It wasn't that bad. I mean, Chuck and Jericho end up fighting on the outside. Trent hits a devastating spear on Sammy Guevara on the outside. Jericho then hits a drop kick off um, off the middle rope on Chuck in the middle of the ring. Guevara then hits a drop kick on Trent. His drop kicks are like that. Drop kick was phenomenal. Jericho then hits Trent with the bat on the outside. Chuck then hits a crazy uh, pop up power bomb on Sammy Guevara. Jericho then hits a lion tamer on Trent. Trent ends up getting out of it. Trent then hits a superplex on Kavara. Kavara then gets up, hits Trent with the bat. Kavara then hits a crazy, awesome shooting star press off the top rope on Trent. And then when the Trent gets up, or hits a shooting star press, Trent then hits the finish. I think it's like the dude buster, he calls it, I believe. But he ends up getting the finish, pins for the three, and your winners of the match are the best friends. Um, Orange Cassidy was actually in the, the, well, not in the match, but he was outside. He was posing himself as a cameraman. Um, he also calls it a distraction. In the match, which I believe caused the finish, um, but he ended up taking putting the camera down and taking his hat off and everything, everything like that. And he was in the, the cameraman was actually Orange Cassidy. Jericho was in the middle of the ring, and then uh, Orange Cassidy ends up attacking Chris Jericho in the ring. Um, and it is set up for Fighter Fest. We're going to have Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho at Fighter Fest, so it's going to be a great match. And I, I like what Orange Cassidy does, man. I know a lot of people might not like it, but the guy can really wrestle. He's really fast. He's really acrobatic, and I like what he does in the ring. I really do. Um, all in all, like I said, I usually give these shows a rating from a 1 to 10. I'm going to give tonight a 7. Um, I think some of the stuff they brought to the table is pretty good. The amount, the matches that um, announced for next week are going to be crazy. Um, I think they're really starting to pick up the pace. Um, the other reason why I'm giving this a 7 is because of the Ricky Starks thing, um, which I am going to touch base on right now. Uh, Ricky Starks, like I said, was NWA's first ever television champion. He went through a tournament, a one-night tournament. Um, I believe at a pay-per-view and he had to face like three or four different people 
um, to win it. I think his last match, if I'm not mistaken, might have been Trevor Murdoch. I'm not sure. Um, and that was for NWA Powers pay-per-view. Um, obviously, now, from what I understand, he's a free agent. Uh, and, it, and it looks like AEW is going to sign him. I know they signed the Abaddon girl. So I'd be, I'd be really surprised if they don't sign Ricky Starks. I think they could put him in a lot of good matches, him versus MJF, you know, him versus Pac, um, and, and give him the opportunity to wrestle, even on AEW Dark, and give him the opportunity to get, you know, get his feet wet and, and able to wrestle on a more consistent basis. Um, and what I'm really getting to is the NWA power situation. Um, I haven't really watched much of Carnyland. I, me personally, I think it's a joke. Um, I think Billy Corgan at this very juncture at this point doesn't really know what the hell he's doing. Um, and I love the product that they were bringing to the table before Carnyland. You know, they were giving you wrestling matches, great storylines, even great pay-per-views. Now it's taking a humongous backseat. Um, I also think they're at the point now where they can't even keep the talent that they got. Um, and they're, and they're letting them go and venture out into other, you know, opportunities, which I, I agree with that. Um, but I also found out too, that they let go of Ken Anderson, you know? So if you honestly think about it, Colt Cabana, uh, was wrestling for NWA for quite a while. And then, uh, he ended up leaving and joining AEW and now we have Ricky Starks, um, I, you can kind of see in a way, at least in my honest opinion, you can kind of see the wheels falling off as far as the NWA power show is concerned. Um, none of these guys that are working for NWA right now are really wrestling. A lot of the Carnyland stuff is highlight videos. Who's going to be the president of or the mayor of Carnyland? It's a humongous platform a talk show, if you will, for the wrestlers. And, you know, I understand the pandemic, but I also understand, too, you know, what I don't understand is that they can't put some wrestling shows on in the GPB studios in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, they do everything from that, that place, everything, you know, from the pay-per-views to the actual NWA power shows. I don't understand why we can't do that now. Um, and that's what the audience wants to see. They don't want to see this. They want to see actual wrestling. And I think quite frankly, it's going in the hole. I, I, I truly believe that. I mean, having Ricky even show up for AEW last night completely shocked me. Um, I was blown away by the whole ordeal. I, I thought if, at first it might have been EC3 because um, he's a free agent, but most likely he might be going to TNA Impact or Impact, if that's what you want to call it, um, because he made himself a household name there. Um, so I can see him going to Impact Wrestling. <clears throat> um, so seeing Ricky there and, and having the highlight package that they had and him cutting that little promo was fantastic. And I think the guy had enough time in the ring you know, I think it's going to be great. And I think, you know, him versus Jungle Boy would be fantastic. You know, you can have him versus Pac, like I said, um, him versus MJF. There's a lot of matches you could set up with Ricky Starks that would make for a great match. Uh, him versus Orange Cassidy. It, the list goes on. And like I said, I commend, you know, and I appreciate that Tony Khan and Cody and the Bucks and Omega, they can see talent. Now, credit, their women division needs a whole lot of help. It's probably the worst thing on Dynamite right now. I mean, they have maybe four names that are, are good female wrestlers, but the rest are in the shithole because they're not that good. Um, and I don't know where they're getting them from. Obviously, it's independent talent from other independent you know companies out there, but they need a lot of work. You know, you can be a great wrestler, but you can be shitty on the mic, or you can be great on the mic and be a shitty wrestler. So I, they they need one female talent to come in and kind of be like, okay, I'm going to set the president of what's going to go on here in the women's division, and they don't have that right now. Well, you could say, oh, well, it's Sheeta. Yeah, Sheeta's a great wrestler, don't get me wrong, but it's not like she's a household name yet. Um, 
I'm looking for names like Tessa Blanchard, you know, names like that, you know, Jordan Grace, somebody that can come in as a powerhouse and just take over. Like, look, you know, John Moxley is great. I love John Moxley, but Brian Cage ain't no joke either. Um, he's a very big dude, very athletic. Um, and it's going to be one hell of a fight between both of those guys, man. They're going to bring it. So I, I'm hoping that eventually the women's division gets a little, you know, TLC to it because it needs it. Um, but like I said, I give the show a seven, man. And I appreciate the Ricky Starks thing. I do. And my whole standpoint on NWA right now, it's, it's folding. They're losing money. They're losing funds. They're losing fans. I, I, at this point, I probably believe that they are probably losing some fans because the fans want to see wrestling. They don't want to see this Carnyland shit that you're putting on once a week, you know, and it's sad because some of those wrestlers on NWA power, even if it does go under, probably won't be able to get a job anywhere else. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Tim Storm, but that's face facts. Tim Storm's probably like 50 some years old. And, you know, you've been running kind of, I basically, yeah, you've been working for NWA and NWA Hollywood and, and power, but at the core of it, man, I, there's not going to be a lot of companies that are willing to take a chance on a guy that's 50 years old. That's on his last leg and giving you a contract. Now credit, I don't believe that he's on his last leg, but I, you know, you had to look at it as far as a, longevity standpoint you know they want to give you a three-year contract but we don't know if you can even make the three-year contract because of your age you know and there's really nothing more for tim storm to prove and to be honest yeah he's a big guy he's in great shape you know he can still go a good 15 20 minutes in a match but let's face facts man you're not going to compete against a guy like brian cage you're not going to compete against a guy named john, like john moxley it's not going to happen and I think that's the reason why, you know, I can see why they didn't sign EC3 because it, it, AEW doesn't want to be cherry picking every single free agent or someone that's let go from WWE. You know, with all due respect to those talents that were let go, they were good talents. But it's not like, you know, oh, well, he's gone. Let me go pick him up. They only want the best talent that they can for their show. You know, like FTR, you know, the well, formerly known as the Revival. They're a great tag team. And right now, like I told you guys before, AEW has the best tag team division in professional wrestling, bar none. There's not another company out there that can, can compete with their tag team division. There's not. I'm sorry. There's not. You know, you have Ring of Honor with the Briscoes and stuff like that. They're a great tag team as well. Phenomenal tag team. You got um, Bullet Club with uh, Tama Tonga and Tongaloa. Great team. Phenomenal team. But that's only to name one or two teams from each company. I mean, this, this company, AEW, has like four or five teams that are really good. Best Friends. You know, you have them, you have the Lucha Bros, you have the um, the Young Bucks, FTR. That's just to name a few, man. I, I, they have a great tag team division there, and I, I love what they're doing with the tag team division because, you know, tag team wrestling is really sh it should be showcased very well in professional wrestling, man. There's a, there was even in the past, there's great tag teams. You know, Haku and Andre, you know, Harlem Heat. You know, there were some great tag teams back in the day, so – I think it's great. And it's even great for putting him in a mid card. You know what I mean? I mean, it held the Kenny Omega and Adam Page tag match with Dustin and QT Marshall was the first match of the night. It's great. And it was a great match. Phenomenal match. You know, that's what the fans want to see. And I honestly truly think, even though, yes, this is an AEW review, NWA is taking a back seat. You know, I think they're losing money. I think Billy Corgan is losing his mind at this point, thinking that, you know, fans are still going to tune into this Carnyland shit and it's not going to happen. You know, I'm personally not going to watch it because I think it's a joke. And I love NWA. I love what the product they, they were putting out. But this is not wrestling. This is some kind of gimmick that's not working. It's not. You know, I'm sure they've been asked multiple times, when are we going to get NWA power back? When are we going to get wrestling back? And they don't even know because of the pandemic.
And I understand that, you know, and it's, it's a big risk. I mean, I mean, WWE, you know, they just got in trouble for a little, you know, COVID-19, someone, you know, getting sick with the COVID-19 again. I understand it's risky. I do. But I also understand the fact that, you know, AEW has not had a problem yet. So, like, I don't understand why we can't have them in the GPP studios in Atlanta. You know, where they do all their shows. That's why I don't understand where they're coming from, for like, with this Carnyland stuff. I understand the pandemic. Everybody wants to try to save. I get that. I do. But how long is it going to be when, you know, you just, you, this is a company that just came in. Only, like, and just kind of pretty much got on YouTube. I don't even think, what was it, last year sometime? Maybe seven, eight months ago, I believe. Maybe. That started putting NWA Power together. And here you are now not doing a damn thing with it. So, they, you know, it's a company that had a resurgence, but at the same time, too, when this pandemic hit, now they're in the back seat. Now it's not looking good, and people are starting to leave. You know, I can see some of the female. I mean, it, it, even if they were to lose like Thunder Rosa or Allison K, some more big names, it's over for them. It is. I mean, Eli Drake, James Storm. I'm, I'm sure, if they were to say to hell with NWA and go somewhere else, which they can, they may not. Who knows? I know a lot of people. Loyalty means everything. I understand that, but. Guys like that, don't think AEW is not looking at those guys. I mean, obviously, they looked at Ricky Starks. They would love a name like Eli Drake or James Storm or Nick Aldis. Are you kidding me? If Nick Aldis was like, I'm leaving NWA, I'm vacating the title, he'll be be the first one on somebody's hot, you know, first person on their list to sign. Whether it's NXT, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, whether it's AEW, New Japan, you you know damn well that he's going to be a hot name going into any company. So, I just, I, I honestly truly think that that company is folding. They're in the shithole right now. You know, you, I don't even think, I I truly, even when they were doing NWA Power, I don't think the talent was getting paid for what they were doing. I don't. I, I honestly don't think they were making any kind of decent money. They were making money, but it wasn't enough money to, to probably get by. You know, it was a very low-budgeted company. You know what I mean? And it just... You didn't have the pay-per-views anywhere else. You didn't want it. I mean, at least, yeah, AEW had, you know, they had the financial backing. But it's not like NWA is owned by some schlub. I mean, Billy Corgan was a part of a big rock band. So I'm sure he has some money, but I'm sure he doesn't have enough money to, you know, pull out all the stops for NWA. I'm sure he doesn't. You know, it's not a generic company, but it's a company that they're still trying to keep it relevant, even though the company name itself is so old. The legacy that the company's built on is for, like, decades. But you got to mix it up, man. You got to. If not, it's going to die. You know, and a lot of these wrestlers are probably thinking, well, hell, if I can't wrestle here, I'm going to go somewhere else where I can wrestle. I mean, you got to understand something, too. I mean, you know, time's a ticking, man. I mean, some of these wrestlers have probably been sitting on a shelf since this pandemic for months that haven't wrestled, that their contract's about to be up. That's why Ricky Stark's contract was up and didn't wrestle at all, especially not, at least not for NWA at all. There was no wrestling going on. So, his contract's up, and he looked at the better opportunity and ended up you know, kind of making his in-ring uh, debut for AEW Dynamite. I think it's great. And trust and don't and don't think for one second that some of those wrestlers that probably saw Ricky Starks on that show last night are probably thinking, you know what, to be on a you know to wrestle again and be on a national spotlight like and being on TNT and AEW Dynamite and what AEW is now, I might want to throw my hat in the ring and see if I can get you know some kind of work with AEW. Why the hell wouldn't they? You know, yeah, the NWA was on YouTube, but it wasn't like the national spotlight they were getting, you know, that people were getting with wrestling on TNT. Having actual pay-per-views, having a live audience in different cities around the country. 
Why wouldn't you want that? It gives you an opportunity to sell more merchandise. gives you an opportunity to make more money. I, I mean, yeah, money's not everything, but you also almost have creative control over your own character and your own person in that company. Why wouldn't the hell you want that? That's why FTR or the Revival had left WWE and went to AEW to have creative control over the, who they are and how they want to present themselves. I'm sure other talent from NWA are probably salivating at the fact that they want to, oh, that, you know, Ricky ended up debuting last night. Maybe I'll give Cody and uh, the Bucks a call. Why not? Yo, Eli Drake, James Storm, you might want to give these guys a call, man, because I think the doors are starting to close on NWA. I, I do, and it's sad because I do like NWA Power. I think it's a great show. But there's no wrestling on that show right now. It hasn't been like that for a couple months now, or at least a month or two. And it's kind of hurting those guys' pockets, man. It's hurting their pockets. It's hurting their legacy. It's hurting, you know, their in-ring career. I mean, they can come back and wrestle. I mean, Ricky came back to AEW Dynamite tonight, and there was definitely some ring rust there. Because the dude probably hasn't wrestled in a couple months. You know, that's all these guys do. You know, that's all they know. So I, I truly honestly believe that, you know, like I said, any other talent, even besides NWA, is probably looking at AEW and saying, ah, this is a great opportunity here. I might go for it. And why the hell wouldn't you? If I was a professional wrestler myself and was looking for another opportunity to branch out and have creative control over my, you know, who I was, and I'll, why the hell wouldn't I? You know? TNT, I mean, AEW is going to start picking up the pace here soon. I can, I can see it happening. You know, a lot even before, a lot of people mentioned, you know, Sting coming into AEW. It's a very, it's a good possibility. You know, Jericho has been walking around. And I know it might sound cliche, but Jericho has been walking around with that baseball bat. And if you remember Sting, you know, in WCW, he always had the bat. You know, when he was the Crow Sting, he always had the bat. So I can see Jericho versus Sting. And I want to tell you right now. If that were to happen, it's going to put asses in seats, and that's going to sell itself, man. The promos between both guys, you know, Sting can be kind of like how he was in WCW and being up on the like up on the stage stairs or like up in the rafters. I it would sell itself, it really would. And I, I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers that he does come to AEW and has that one match with Jericho. Uh, I know he has a neck injury, but some people are saying he's cleared to wrestle, and I think Jericho can work well with Sting and. They can still have a great match. Um, or even if he came in and, be, and was a manager to Darby Allen, Fantastic. Or set up a match between Darby and Jericho. That's another possibility too. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jericho versus uh, for Sting. I think it would sell a lot of money and put a lot of money on the table and put asses in seats. Absolutely. And they could be waiting to have you know a live audience for that because it's going to sell out in probably 30 seconds. Don't blame them on that either. It's a good business. You know, that's that's good business right there. You know, so I could see Sting possibly joining AEW. I mean, don't quote me on it, but it could happen. You know, but I like what they did tonight. I really do. I think it was a good show. You know, obviously it wasn't the best show. But, you know, having Ricky Starks debut tonight was kind of a shocker. I was kind of, you know, I was shocked. But my stance on NWA right now, they're, they're going down the drain. I think it's over. I think a lot more talent is going to start leaving. I mean, Ken, Ken Anderson was let go, um, who was Mr. Kennedy in WWE. He's probably going to sign somewhere, whether New Japan or possibly even AEW. I mean, the sky's the limit right now, especially being a professional wrestler. I mean, there's so many doors more open now. I mean, you have three companies in the U.S. being you know WWE as a whole with NXT, then you have AEW, and then you have Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, you can see – I mean. Ken Anderson even wrestled for TNA as well. So you can also see that him going back to Impact Wrestling. It's very possible. Especially that they're not being run by Dixie Carter. 
you know, it's a whole different and new product that's coming out now. So sky's the limit for these guys. I mean, it's also been rumored that Gallows and Anderson for WWE might be going to TNA Impact. I don't, I mean, I'd be surprised if they do. I mean, I can definitely see them go back to New Japan, you know, to reignite the Bullet Club and make it what it was originally, you know, I guess without the Young Bucks. So, but this is my AEW review, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, if you guys are new here, check out my Twitter. Uh, my Twitter, it is uh, Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. I hope you guys are out there staying safe and be careful. And I will see y'all later. Peace.